Greetings, all listeners, students, supporters, and fellow um, journeymen and women on this uh, experience of learning. This is Chief Yuya, and of course, you're listening to the Chief Yuya podcast. We are dealing now, or we are on episode 80. And um, of course, I want to thank you all for coming through and being present and ready to explore. All right. So I wanted to um kind of dig into, you know, we're coming to a, a place now where we're kind of closing the Gregorian year down very soon. And I wanted to touch upon some of the the thinking mechanisms that we may want to review and some of the basic elements of um of of what we're gonna put together for twenty twenty three and how we're gonna move with a renewed sense of devotion and nobility. So before I get into that, I wanted to just uh, hit upon a little bit of housekeeping before we before we start the journey. And uh, the first thing I want to share is that uh, I will be taking a hiatus from all of these broadcasts in December of this year, which so this month of November will conclude the this season quote unquote of uh this podcast and we will start back up in January of twenty twenty three. Now I know I have already shared this, but I'm just sharing it again for anyone who may be coming in a little late, you know, or who may be a few podcasts behind or whatever. So yeah, um twenty twenty three January we'll start a new season. So after this segment, we have one more, which will be our 81st, and then we'll start a new series starting in January. Again, for those wanting to, and first let me thank those who've already started sending questions in to questions at chiefyuya.com. They will be addressed uh, in the next season. All right. So I appreciate your patience, of course, you know, and um, again, I just put it out there. Anyone who has a question, that's where you send it. That's pretty much the only place <laughs> uh, that you should send it for now. Eventually, what we'll do is we'll uh, maybe have like Twitter posts where you can put them on Twitter and things like that and just hashtag them. But I'm not going to do that right now because I am um, seriously considering just um, closing out all of my social media uh, investments. All right. For for ethical reasons, you know. So for now, just just use questions at chiefyuya.com for any questions that you may have, all right? So I just wanted to, to share that with you all uh, so you would know what's happening. Also, uh, to all the Anu people, you know, we have another retreat coming up. And for our spring retreat, it's going to be even bigger and better, all right? So um, I'm actually working on the next retreat as well. But, um, you know, for anyone who wants to bring a friend to this next retreat coming up next month, uh, mid-December, um, we're opening that up, you know. So just, you know, if you're interested in doing that, then just reach out to, you know, one of the, the coordinator sisters or any sister within my house and let them know that you would like to bring someone. All right. So like to bring someone is not the same as you're going to bring someone. So just to clarify 
on that because you may bring someone that is um, maybe not a good fit for what it is that we we do in retreats. We always want to make sure that everyone is is comfortable, and especially your retreat is just that it's it's a time for us to kind of act silly together. <laughs> I mean, we always act silly, right? That kind of that part never turns off, but for us to have fun together and relax. And definitely not feel like we're in a in an environment or around anyone who may, you know, come with a scrutinizing eye or anything like that. So, you know, that's an important thing. So I just wanted to put that out there for people who are attending this winter solstice retreat that um, and as you should already know anyway, that, you know, we're opening it up if you want to bring someone. And the same thing will be for the spring retreat. As well of 2023. All right. But there'll be more intel coming on that, you know, as, as we push forward. So in between also, um, all of this, there will be some things going up on the Anu Life Global website. Um, audio copy of the Anu Way. Um, there's a glossary that's coming forth that will be really good. You know, you, you'll love to dig into that. And some other lessons and stuff that we're, we're putting together and kind of just scrubbing and cleaning up a little bit so that we can post it. And, um, you know, as usual, every, it's all free. You know, if you choose to, you know, give an offering, that's greatly appreciated. You know, it, it helps a lot of other things that are happening. And, you know, at times, even like, um, when sometimes somebody might want to come to a retreat or participate in something and, they're having some economical challenges, you know, um, having those that reserve is what we pull from to be able to help people out and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, but just wanted to give you the heads up on that. So be sure to make sure you're always following Anu Life Global GM on all your your uh, social media accounts. All right. So I think that's all my my housekeeping. But if something else pops up, I'll just share it later. All right, so yeah, I wanted to um build with with the learning community, the podcast learning community, a bit on thought. Because coming into this next uh Gregorian year, you know, there are I think everyone now, hopefully, you've all figured out the formula. Uh there are always sacrifices, you know, at the beginning of the Gregorian which will herald in or open up the energy to raise a new reality, right? So we have to be prepared for, um, you know, what that happened that who, Oh my goodness. You know, and, and all of that, right. Um, we've already seen some at the end of the year and, uh, you know, there's been this trend now of sites doing these hoax death reports, of all of these different celebrities who died and we regret to inform you and, and then it's not true. So obviously that's a part of a psyops where they're, you know, we're being prepared to, um, just kind of be desensitized towards the, the announcements of mass deaths, you know? So we need to tighten up on our thinking to make sure that we can withdraw from the game, you know, and we don't get caught up in it. You know, so I wanted to speak about that, you know, in, in first understanding that every machine has its controls and not to say that we are only machines, but in some senses we are, as is the, the universe around us. 
and every organism that it, it can be understood um, even in the broadest sense that there's a particular control that affects the, the organisms and the machines of what we are. And part of our purposes in life is to get to a place where we can understand every instance and how we can properly operate the machine. So whether we're properly operating the machine of self or we're properly operating the machine of the universe, we have to have uh, an understanding of how things are structured. And when I say things, how matter is structured and, um, you know, just from the, from the very, uh, atomic sense, you know, we, we know that matter that's around us, it, it is composed of this, this basic element that we call electrons, right? And electrons, just like their name, you hear elect or elect. So you know that it's a, um, it's a matter or, or an element of electricity, right? Which is very important. So we're told that each atom uh, has a positive nucleus and then is surrounded by negatively charged um, electrons, you know, or in fact, they're orbited. Uh, that nucleus is orbited by um, these elliptical shaped negative, negatively charged electrons. Well, so if we can see that the, if we look at the sun of our of our solar system or of our system, we could liken the sun to that positively charged nucleus, and we can liken the um, orbiting or elliptical elliptical or ellipsis, which we call electrons. We can compare those and liken those to planets. So we we get to see that even ourselves, because we're made up of of billions of atoms. Right. That we are a planetary system and we may see it on a smaller scale, but whether you see us, see it small or large, however you picture yourself, that, um, we are a cosmos and that cosmos is held together by our will, you know, our unified sense of, of will that, um, is able to regulate the vibrations of the electrons around us or this entire cosmic or, or, or this entire cosmos that we call ourselves. Right. And for some of us, we're, we have the ability to perceive the speed and the nature of, um, of that system, you know, of that cosmos, like are, are things moving slow? Are things moving fast? You know, we have that ability. And, and for some, they're working to kind of learn and understand that. But um, throughout what we do in our organization of ourselves and that, you know, very deliberate organization of ourselves and, and the, the very deliberate regulating of our spiritual nature, uh, we're looking to kind of equalize or, or even um, equilibrate the different kind of uh, disruptions that we might have in that system. So it becomes very fluid, you know, and that fluid itself is a, is a subtlety, you know, like it's, it's like, like water, you know, and our bodies are something that is subtle that has been then made 
um, more firm. You know, it's we're primarily made of water, you know. So um, and that water is then made into something that's more firm and more hard, you know. So. We have all of these electrons or planets in our body, of course. And the thing is, they orbit really fast around their sun centers or their nucleus, you know. But ultimately, uh, all of these bodies, right, whether it's our physical body or whether it's the, the universal body, it's all held together by electromagnetics, right? So again, you have the concept of electric, uh, of, of, you know, there being an element of electricity there. And there are times when even the fluid of the body uh, can leave the body and become visible to people who have the ability to see that. You know, some of those people we call clairvoyants uh, or clairvoyants. And that's something that usually happens after death, right? After there's a, there's a death of the physical body, there are people sometimes who may see what we call apparitions, you know, and that's just a process of that, that fluid leaving, you know, sometimes it, it, it happens. Um, sometimes it happens through a form of condensation and that fluid body or that more subtle body can become tangible, we'll say to our physical senses, you know, and there are people who make, um, they, they can take pictures of them. You know, they can take photographs and kind of show you um, the partial appearances of the fluid body and, you know, how different figures can be created. And for some, they, they'll even have telekinetic manifestations of that particular thing where they can actually send that, that energy out to do a bit more, right? So the body itself is, it, it's a kingdom if you will. And it's a, it's a kingdom of, of, of a subconscious and, and it well rather the fluid body. It's a kingdom. It lives within the kingdom of the subconscious, right? And it can manifest itself to your knowing through different night visions or dreams, as you may call them. So your subconscious becomes that lens through, through which you can kind of um, symbolically perceive different events that would probably remain hidden from your more physical sensory uh, perception, right? Um, so there's, there's, there's different levels of things happening. You know, you have a lower kind of level or developmental level, and that lower developmental level has the ability to perceive your bodily functions and the different disturbances to the body, sicknesses and stuff like that. And then you have a higher level development and that works with that fluid that I spoke about earlier. And that has the ability to become like a um, intercessory um, element between your extrasensory cognition of certain things and, and certain forces, right? But that, that fluidic body or that subtle body, it doesn't possess its own will, but it, it obeys the influence that orders it and provides that influence, um, 
Well, if that if that influence gives it enough force, right? So that sounds very spiritual, right? Sounds like regular old spirit or might even just sound like water, you know? And that influence that exerts itself on that fluid or subtle body, it can be originated by another person sometimes, or it might be originated by the actual individual. You know, sometimes there's certain activities that will influence the subtle body um, or sometimes a person's attention is diverted in a certain way. Um, they might even be hypnotized or they may be, they may go on to, under some sort of uh, mass psychological operation. So then their wills and their, their own will and their concepts um, are replaced by the will and concepts of the hypnotist, we'll say. Okay. So, there's higher levels, there's lower levels of what we function with in order to um, establish certain instincts within ourselves and a certain knowing within ourselves. And willfully, like just like when we go through the year, you know, and we get to the Novembers and we get to December, Decembers, we start to look at and, and see if we've convinced ourselves that um, we have utilized our spirit for the purposes of which no one else can utilize or no one else can fulfill. And we maybe have seen ourselves as unique spirits and we've acquired certain insight into our own purpose and certain insight into our own intentions. And we're able to align ourselves with those intentions and understanding that we were specific, specifically excuse me, created for a certain task. Right. Um, these are some of the things that perhaps we begin to try to have a clear picture on. And part of that is also understanding our character within that space. You know, did I eliminate the things that needed to be eliminated inside of me? And did I uh, make sure that I was cleansing myself of things that may be disruptive to my character? So for some, some people, they, they maintain a journal, you know, and, through that journal, they some people every day they journal a retrospective of what it was that that day was, and they start to through that develop a, a systematic sort of self assessment or systematic self recognition. You know, so they can cart they can start to see like, okay, this is these are some of the principles that I'm working on because if I start looking at certain things, I can see some of the keywords that I'm always saying or saying about myself, you know, and it's why I spoke recently on, uh, I think it was clubhouse. I was helping someone out in this segment. No, I think it might've been sister Yafe. Um, I think that was clubhouse. I don't, I don't, I don't recall, but, uh, and I had spoke about the value of, of writing things down, pencil, you know, pencil to paper, when it comes to your personal journaling, um, as anyone who's ever worked with me knows that I don't like a lot of paper. So like for business purposes, no, everything should be digital so we can easily, you know, search and query. But for certain things, when you're, when you're kind of conducting, um, an investigation, you know, into yourself and you become your own informational bureau, as it relates to yourself and you're trying to learn things about your full, 
the full particulars of what your character is and your flaws and your shortcomings and things like that. It's good, you know, when you can write it down with your own hand and um, that becomes a map that begins to show you, you know, it's it's like, a, you know, you look at a map sometimes or you, you watch the news and they tell you a storm is coming and they'll show you where the storm is originating. You know, so when you get into the process of consistently recognizing and journaling like that, you start to see where the storms in your life are originating, you know. So I wanted to speak about some of the, or I am speaking about some of these things so that we could kind of start to look into different ways that we can analyze ourselves and create different sorts of thoughts, you know, and start to look at maybe, you know, some of the self-criticism or self-judgment that we need to execute um, on a regular basis based on the scrutiny of our life. You know, we, we sometimes think that judge or judging or judgment are are bad words or criticism is a bad word because we don't want to have our, our wrongdoings ascertained. You know, we don't want to sit down and quiet contemplation, you know, over the different phases of our journey and scrutinize them one journey, you know, one period or phase after the other. Like what was my childhood? Like what was my teenage years? Like what were my formative twenties? Like, and you know, going through, maybe I had a child and, what was that phase like in my life? I mean, you know, I was married. What what were the things that um were my motives for the decisions that I made at each stage of my life? You know, um, for the people who came into my life, you know, whether it be school teachers, spiritual teachers, parents, biological parents, spiritual parents, my brothers, my acquaintances, my acquaintances, um, different authorities, relatives, superiors, whatever, sisters, um, did I, was I malevolent towards them? You know, did I act bad in some way? Um, which is a better question than if I did right by them, because your, your immediate answer <laughs> will probably be right. And in, and when you're doing that, like even if you're reviewing over 2022, you want to call things by their right name. You know, that's always a tool of a person who seeks to avoid accountability. A liar will always say something like, um, you know, I realized that there was more to that that I could have told. And I guess, I guess by not sharing everything, that was a form of deception, you know, or that was a form of, of, well, they won't say lying. They just won't say it, you know, but when you, you begin to call things by their rightful name, then you can consider what your fault, your faults are and your shortcomings, um, and if you don't find any of those things, you should reflect again. Look again, because you've made errors. No one is ever without fault in anything that they do. No one is ever at fault. Even if you sit down and eat a meal, you're going to do something wrong at some point. You're going to, um, maybe because you, you want to say something, you want to, you're not going to chew something fully. You know, or you're going to drink something too hot and burn your tongue or, you know, and not care because you want to hurry up and drink it or something too spicy or, or whatever it is. But we're constantly making errors. And uh, because we've made errors and sometimes uh, we don't want to find we don't want to reflect on it, then no one is at fault. 
at anything for anything that's happening. And we we're unable to recognize the consequences in our life. You know, the consequences that we put onto others because of our behavior and the consequences for ourselves, you know, and we don't need to pity ourselves. We don't need to make excuses for ourselves. We don't need to defend ourselves. When we find that we have shortcomings or we find that we have faults, we need to reprimand ourselves. You see, reprimand ourselves, become the plaintiff, you know, for ourselves. And if we need to use harsh expressions or severe language, it's okay to do. You see, because we, through social programming, we've been trained out of that. You know, but you think about when you're doing something that you love and you, and you, and that you enjoy. Oftentimes you'll, you'll say, um, certain things or you'll about yourself that are very innocent and almost fun. You know, I can remember times as, as a, well, younger and older man, you know, um, you know, mechanics is something that is in my family. You know, I, work on cars and motorcycles. My father worked on cars and motorcycles. My uncle's cars and motorcycles, right? But plenty times, you know, hearing my father in the garage kind of laughing at himself or like, you know, okay, I'd hear phrases like, okay, dummy, you know, but he's talking to himself. Maybe he over-tightened something or he was turning something the wrong way or put the wrong fluid in something and, you know, but it was almost like, you know, he's having that out of body experience and being able to enjoy himself in that way and even enjoy the criticism and the judgment that he's putting on, on himself. And that's a long forgotten art, unfortunately, but it's, it's extremely important. You see, every single day we should deal with different phases and parts of our life. Because those, those, those phases and those different periods in our life that we're trying to stuff away, they're just as important as the moments that we're in. You see, because once we can go through those periods, then we can begin to discover more faults within a certain time frame that maybe we've already done before. And there should be a time that we dedicate ourselves to that every day. Every day. You know, it's one of the reasons why sometimes when people people meet me and they, they, um, they see how much I have to say about them. Like when they ask me questions and sometimes I'll say, man, you got to answer for everything. Well, you're asking me questions. Will, will you want me not to have an answer? And, you know, sometimes there'll be certain statements of like, um, well, you do what you want to do. And I'll tell them like, there's no way you could ever live under the scrutiny that I apply to myself ever. You think I just know a bunch of stuff and I just go around telling everybody what to do, which is not even something I enjoy doing. I, You came to me. <laughs> you came and asked me something. I was minding my business. You know, you said, I need your guidance, chief. I, I need advice, chief. I need some direction, chief. I was minding my business. But I spend um, and I dedicate a purposeful amount of time every day. Um, it's usually 45 minutes to an hour where I go through uh, self-scrutiny. And throughout different phases of my life, you know, sometimes I, I, um, I think about things I did when I was 11. I go through that phase, man. What were you like as 11 year old? And, oh man, maybe you said that mean thing to that girl. Shouldn't have said that to her or, or you had a fight with your friend, 
you know, what, what motivated that, you know, and from there and going, you know, it could be something I did a couple of days ago, you know, but different phases. And what happens is you begin to get to a point where you can analyze your character and you can analyze that map. You know, it becomes a graphological sort of analysis on your life where you can now begin to see where your storms are generating from. And that very critical evaluation, uh, it starts to show you if you're not holding back on yourself and I don't hold back on myself, but it starts to show you the nucleus of where your character is, even the weaknesses of your character. You get to be able to do that. That sort of course analysis, you begin, you, you begin to be able to see strengths and weaknesses as opposed to just, you know, we, we're taught in this society and it, that's what makes everyone super weak that we should, um, biasly just kind of focus on all our strengths. But in order to receive an unbiased evaluation from the soul, sometimes it's better if someone else does it, but, um, you may not know someone who's a qualified graphologist, if you will. You see. You may not know. You may not know someone like me who will say, okay, you, you ready? Because I'll, I'll tell you to brace yourself. You, you sure? You ready? All right. Well, this is what it is. This is what's going on with you. And I don't have to make it into a feces sandwich where I, I sandwich it in with a compliment. I'm just going to tell you, that, you know, you're going to get your straight scrutiny um, one after the other. And I'm going to give you what it is that you need to contemplate on. And sometimes people will throw excuses. One of the first excuses is this. First thing that people say. How can you know that? They always say it, you know, it's kind of an incredulous sort of, you know, um, outburst. But I do, I do know. I know. You see, and behind every level of, um, Hostile questioning and animosity there hides a cause that you have to pay attention to. What are you defending off by saying that? You see, because you're the one who um, started throwing this, the snowball down the hill. You initiated this 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 snow avalanche that now has you in danger. And you have to go back to that original ice ball or snowball that you threw, which now has everything that's going on out of control. You see, there may have been a root. There may be a, some sort of dubious activity at the nucleus that then had an effect on everything else. You see. And, and we've all, you know, sometimes we use the excuse. Well, I didn't know. No one told me you, we've all had interaction with acquaintances, whether they be business, professional, personal, that told us some truth at one time or another. And you might have felt that what they were saying was exaggerated. I'm not that bad. You see, and what you did was you said something like that so you could negate the point that they were trying to make. And that opportunity to have a reflection of self, you see. And sometimes it could be your spouse. It could be your, your aunt or your uncle or your brother, or your sister. And they might say something about you. And instead of looking for the flaws and shortcomings, um, which they easily find in your character rather than your good characteristics that you want them to say, um, you don't fully participate in that learning about the particulars of yourself and about your characters, your character, excuse me, and the different habits that you may have, you see. And sometimes that becomes difficult because you're not 
recording what you do. You're not journaling. You're not analyzing. So that way, when certain keywords pop up, you're able to look at the retrospective and say, wow, man, yeah, this has been this has been going on for a while. This this is an issue that I have. And you're able to draw up a more clear picture of what your character is and 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 start looking at steps towards correcting and, and eliminating those things, which is also what you what you want to do. Right. That's ultimately where we're trying to go. Um, it's always so important to understand that you don't, you don't get, you might look at what someone else has and lust after it because it, it's shiny. It has luster. So it's shiny. You see another person shining. This has happened so many times in our new when people look from the outside in because they, they tell me, man, I, I watched the videos of the brothers and the sisters on our new when they do Shima and this, and they're so smart. They know so much, you know. And they feel intimidated. Man, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I got so much work. I have so much work I have to do. And they don't realize that the greater spirit would not lead you in certain places haphazardly because you're designed for a certain thing. So you you don't meet certain people or hear certain statements from certain people if there wasn't a, if, if an intent for your growth didn't exist, you know. You may feel even at the things sometimes that people say to you or that I may say that they're insignificant because you're looking at them externally. You're looking at the outer appearance of something and not realizing that you may be told to do something that exists inside of a framework of something that's meaningless. You have a job that you think doesn't really matter or you have an unimportant chore that you have to do. But when you Take up the mantle of what you're doing with love under any circumstance, no matter what your circumstance, I'm depressed, I'm hungry, I'm angry, but you take up what you're supposed to do in love and your instructions in love. Um, now you begin to walk on that path towards your maturity and your inner growth. You see, and then what happens is that once you outgrow that, because the love and the, and the devotion that you've approached it with, you will be called to tackle another, another chore or another ta- task. And that's called progress. See, but what, what happens is that most or many people, not most, let me not say that many humans, they do not progress because they look at what someone else is doing and they want to skip to that grade. You see, they either want to skip to that grade or they want to drop out. They want to drop the class before they're mature enough to go to that grade. So you get to the next grade and your chores and your tasks and your responsibility by graduating from the current grade you are. You can't skip. You see, so there there our life journey is a series of of learning of of lessons and it happens at levels. Right? Like there's different plateaus that happens at these different levels. So when you take your level seriously without because some people, they just smile at the feedback at their level and they smile arrogantly. And what happens is that when you do that and you don't face what you're supposed to face because you run from it, you drop out or you try to skip. um, You end up being pulled back by the spirit onto the proper path that you're supposed to be on through severity and through adversity. 
And for some, this doesn't happen until they're on a deathbed. They have a severe and adverse death. You see? So when you start to understand this and you look at other people and you may feel jealous or whatever, man, but they're talking like this and they're doing that and they're doing that. You come to an understanding that there's no higher or lower. There's no lower work. There's no higher work because wherever you are and what you're doing, if you approach it with love and you approach it with devotion and honesty and commitment and joy, you see, then you earn your nobility at that level and that opens you up or opens the, the gateway to the next level of your spiritual development. You see? And, and you, you get that through your calmness, through your patience, through your, your silence. You see? You get that by, you know, being able to go from this level to that level to that level. And sometimes it requires a makeover. Everybody likes a good old makeover. They do. You know, and um, the makeover, as far as learning or coming to a place where you can kind of be subservient to the impulse of growth and the call of growth and something that's different, and you can kind of automatically uh, accept the impression towards, you know, your progress that comes to taking a good look at um, your habits, right? When you're able to get to a point where you can establish new habits, you will make over or rebuild your character. You see, you begin to rebuild what it is that you want and you desire. You put new habits where you once had old bad habits. You see, because your character is a mixture and a hodgepodge of your deep-rooted habits. So when, if I say, oh, this person has iwa re re, or good character, what I'm saying, notably, is that this person has good habits. You see, because every habit, we know that your character or your destiny is determined by thoughts. Uh it, but all habits can be traced to the, a, a thought. Whether you have a wrong way of thinking or you have a right way of thinking, um, it's going to be traced to your habits of thinking. You see? So there's a fun, fundamental significance of thinking and how it affects or it, it impresses itself upon our endeavors, our destiny, and our entire lives. You see? This goes back to the electrons and the electrical aspect of us as people. We're talking about thought, of course, right? There's an interlinking there and there's an oscillation of, of electrical energy that goes from what's coarse and what's fine. And all of the different Systems inside of yourself, they exchange electrons constantly. They're doing it right now as you're listening. It's happening right now. And it's the purpose of these instructions within you that are kind of exchanging, exchanging, exchanging to um, help more differentiated or more finely constructed um, structures to vibrate, vibrate and move more quickly 
in those higher systems. And what happens is that when your higher systems vibrate quickly, then they, they gain control over the lower electrons or your lower systems, right? So um, what happens is that your higher self then becomes victorious over your, lo- your lower self or your immortal self becomes victorious over your mortal self. Your God self becomes victorious over your satanic self. You see, and this is the, this is the successful kind of might and splendor that happens for the, the immortal. You see, and it's an elemental sort of, uh, power which carries on this exchange and that elemental power that makes use of that whole, this one conquering that one is the elemental power of thought. You see. And all of your spirit, remember when I spoke about the liquid body? So there's an spiritual exchange of your liquids. And that spiritual exchange of those subtle liquids or those metaphysical liquids becomes consciousness and thought. So it, you begin to speak on the inside. And the inner, the, the inner aspect of your inside speaking becomes your vital electricity. You see, and it is through the power of your thought that your higher will then be able to influence your lower. You see, it's important to understand that this, there's such creative power in that thought is the prime deed that you participate in. It's the prime deed that you participate in, which is becomes the first thing that's formed because thoughts are formed like structures and you can have a, you know, a weak structure of thought, you know, understanding that your imagination and your ideas and everything, they all come from this fine substance that we call thought. And it has this plasticity where it can be stretched and moved into certain things. And everything that we view that we see manifested has its origin in this archetypical energy of thought, whether it's a building, a flag, a person, a jet craft, you know, um, a palace, a machine, a robot, whatever it is, they came to be externally because they first had to be created internally through thought. So everything is thought of and everything that is thought of is made and made of thought. So thought becomes that prime deed and anything further that is formed is formed, is, is formed accordingly to that thought. It's the creative power. So to think is to create, to think is to create thought is creation. Thought is creation. So every thought that we have, with some intent and uh, attentiveness that we, we apply to it has the proclivity or the, the, the tendency to habituate itself towards reality. So for instance, if you go to the top floor of a building and you stand at the edge of it and you, and you think firmly that you're going to fall off, you're just going to fall off the edge onto the sidewalk. You're already halfway down to that sidewalk. You're already halfway there. 
because you'll open your eyes and you're like, oh my, my goodness, I'm falling. I'm going to die because that thought itself was enough to give, to give the stimulus to your, your, your body and your muscles to make you fall instinctively. You will hold on to it. You know, if, if you go into a, um, an environment where many people are sick, and you and you have a firm thought in your mind and conviction and, and constitution that you're immune against whatever is there. You will be immune because that thought is transferred and conveyed to every cell in your body and becomes your strongest power of resistance. You know, it's like when you're trying not to think about something or do something, you know, it becomes very difficult because... They say, well, don't think about this. You're climbing a ladder. Don't think about how high it is. Well, the the effort that I put in not thinking about how high it is then makes me think about how high it is. If I have to do a speech somewhere and I'm a, I'm afraid that I'm, I'm going to fail or I have a, a stuttering problem, I will begin to stammer when I'm doing that speech because I have a fear of stammering. I have a fear of, of stuttering, and I can't get rid of that thought because it becomes a stigma that I, that I hold on to, you see. And there's so many different ways that we manifest. Sometimes we manifest diseases and whether in mental and emotional illnesses within our children because of what we, because of what we expose ourselves to when either making them, conceiving them or carrying them within the womb space through their nine months of gestation. You see, there are people who will themselves to death. You see, they have the right to do that because there's a respectable power of imagination that uh, recognizes that no single achievement of, of humankind or humans is done without the power of imagination and thought. So you can unknowingly work yourself inside of that thought power every day and at some point you realize, man, that every feature on my face is formed by my thought. You see, every, every thought, every habit that I have, it leaves its sign on my face. So sometimes you see someone's people, they, people, they look evil <laughs> or they look kind, they look happy and you could just see it on their face without them saying anything because, um, these become symbols of their own character that are clearly readable to someone who has the eye for it. Some things are more blatant. Everyone can see it. And then some things are a bit more subtle, you see. So we hold the degrees of sickness. We hold the degrees of health within ourselves and, and what we harbor inside of ourselves. And we have to, you know, like this time, sometimes you, you know, you need to eat for nutrition and an annoyance will occur that will spoil your appetite. Sometimes we're so sad we may go through a breakup or something, you know, is des is 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 destroyed in in our lives, and and we're so sorrowful about it that we develop heart issues. You see, or certain things that happen over and over begin to have an effect on our liver's ability to process things that we take in, or you know, food that we ingest, you know. Certain forms of cancer can be rooted and traced back to being fearful or having a lot of anxiety or having a lot of worries. So 
we have that power within that in us in that sense to kind of control whether we're going to send currents of of what's constructive or currents of what what's destructive but it all gets sent to us see that's that's the that's the deep thing about it all you know whether we're consciously or consciously considering it we are all master builders and we can take the opportunity to know how to do it in a skillful way and to and to create buildings and structures of thoughts so that way we don't you know that we don't have to worry about collapsing you know we can do things to avoid the failures of our of our thought buildings right um but we have to at least know that what we're seeing manifested is a result of our own of our own foundational blocks, our own bricks that we've made inside of ourselves. Because every thought that we have in our mind is a picture. It all begins with an image. And that image is flexible. Like I said, it has a plasticity. It's malleable. And the picture itself forms in, in alignment or in subjugation of the fine substance, the spiritual substance. And the coarse substance or the, the physical matter, it feeds back into the fluid spiritual. So they, in that sense, um, they speak to each other. So we're working with these different pictures and they become our optics. They become our visuals. And through those pictures, um, the whole cosmos of our thinking, it, it takes place. So all, every thought that we have or, or every series of thinking, that we have rather it's just a series of pictures <laughs> which then result in some sort of action and these actions like i said are your your first deed or your first act that we should be conscious of the responsibility that we have to own you see we're setting powers in motion and in most cases what we set in motion we don't have the power to stop or to impede that's why what we think about is so critical. Once it's out, it's acid. You know, if we have evil thoughts, then evil will be accepted into the world of effect because that's the cause that we sent. It will take shape. It will take form in, in some sort of way. And when we have evil habits of thinking, you know, it becomes visible and acts will follow. And that picture that we have inside of ourselves will begin to influence people around us who will eventually carry out the work of that first deed, that first thought. Because every deed or, or every work that's carried out eventually, it comes back to the person who sent it. So imagine this, like, you know, sometimes you see movies um, where people are in these environments, like it's usually, you know, like sci-fi movies. And, you know, they might be in some type of, bubble or force fill and someone wants to shoot a laser blaster or something and they say no don't do that because it's going to ricochet and kill one of us well see that's how thoughts work you have to see yourself as like a um, a sharpshooter because you are a sharpshooter and you're shooting shots all the time without knowing it some of you you know some of some of those shots are have good intention. Some of them have evil intention, but nonetheless, they're all aimed at you. 
some miss and some hit. But every shot that you shoot inside of that bubble of that, that mindfulness or that, that, that place that you're in, every single shot is aimed at you. Every thought that you send out is aimed at you. Every evil thought that you send out is aimed at you. Every good thought that you send out is aimed at you. So it becomes important that one begins to exemplify one who would take on the responsibility of that enormous power, the power to create worlds and to be subservient to that in a sense. You see? So you have to understand the source of where these things come from. Like I said, all machines have controls. They're all operated a certain way. And those, those motors of those machines and those principal sources of thoughts, which for many are wishes and for many are desires, you know, those motors, they create even an infinite series of images, you see, and they're, they're, um, they're brought before your spiritual vision so that you can act in accordance with the enticement of what those wishes are or what those desires are, you see. And any excitement that you may have around them is, is always, um, it influences you to satisfy what that tension is around the wish. Some wishes, uh, and wishes in most sense, they don't really serve you, but wishes serve themselves. <laughs> a wish will have its own will if you allow it. And then so then the, all the electrical energy that you may have, um, it discharges itself like lightning. So you, we all have to understand what we're endowed with in terms of our desires, our passions, and the elementary energies that are inside of us that have the, this kind of like power to be like dynamo, uh, dynamos, which, um, we can ascend through, you know, we can, and we can be born again through in spirit and in truth. And it is something that we seek to willfully conquer. We want to conquer our own wishes. We want to conquer our own desires. Regardless of what it is, you think, well, I wish that there's no more world hunger. It's still it's the same. It's the same issue, same problem, you know. And when we become the masters over ourselves in that sense, we become the masters over our destiny. So every ascension begins with our ability to deny ourselves of something. That's important to understand. And every fall that we take in life begins with our loss of self-control. You never raise up without sacrifice. You never go to the next level without sacrifice. You never fall and crash into the valley without having a moment where you would not deny yourself of something that you should have denied yourself of. So there's a seriousness in our discipline that we take when we're living this way and we're walking this way. You see few we we become people who are moving with the creative prime fire few words are used and we're we're connecting with our our divine genius and how it sits itself within the mind and we're learning those type of things you see even down to our sexual energy how we're using that how it sits itself in the loins 
One sits in the loins, one sits up top in the mind. And there's, so it's like the North and South Poles is two poles, you know, between the genius and between the sexual desire and thinking lets you know what the exchange is like because it's an exchange of energy, you see. And the more we deny our blind outflow of sexual energy, the more our power of thinking takes place or grows rather. You see, your sexual energy wants immortality. That's what it's there for. That's, that's its wish, if you will. It seeks for immortality of your group, of your nation, of your race, of your family, of your lineage through the uh, propagation or the production of children. So the genius within you seeks for the individual to wake up to their purpose of a, and so that they can have a conscious immortality. So your sexual energy is looking for corporeal or lineage or blood immortality and your genius is looking for conscious immortality. And each requires a lot of energy that is stored, you know, so even the, for conscious immortality, you actually need the energy of your sexual storehouse. Sexual storehouses where the power is, that's why the woman brought in desire. The woman is, 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 is the desire. She's the power though. But the masculine energy is the consciousness. But the masculine, in order for it to ascend it, it pulls energy from the sexual energy. And it brings everybody along with it. You see? So a lot of what we do in terms of our ascension depends on the vitality of our, of the asceticism of our lifestyle in the, in the temporary asceticism, you know, the, the upper parts of us or the genius parts of us or the genius and upper electric energies with us. They, they awaken when we lend it a certain kind of energy, you see, and that's why you can never ascend or succeed in life until you control your sexual urges. When you're constantly living outside of the inner, the inner voice and the, and the higher thoughts, you only see the world through your own wishes and desires. That's why when you go on to many of the popular social media sites, you look in your field, your, I mean, your um, timeline, everybody's talking about money, how to get money, get your paper, get, get the bag, get after the bag, get money, get money, get money, get money. Because all of the urges there are based on the, the natural man, if you will, or the outer man. But the spirit or the outer woman, you know, but the spiritual man or the spiritual woman, that's what's inside, sees those, those, the world without desire and sees it through the eyes of just the spirit, you see, and starts to form creative thought structures that will rejuvenate the body in every aspect based on knowing that, you see. And when you begin to do that, you'll find that your imagination begins to increase. The power of your imagination starts to grow and develop more and your thinking starts to take on forms that are less plastic and more concrete while your imagination is growing. You can stand more on firmer thoughts and your, your thinking even becomes more responsive and quicker and, you know, be more versatile. Your critical thinking skills begin to grow. So that's something I wanted to speak on for this segment and for this time you know, while we're all here together and um, willfully 
that helped you and you can start to go through some of that and break it down a little bit more for yourself. All right. And I just wanted to remind everyone once again that um, I will be taking a hiatus in uh, December and I will be coming back in January. So, you know, make sure that you get your notes together. <laughs> so for the things that you want to learn and whatnot, that uh, you're ready, you got your notepads and everything ready uh, for our next season. And uh, again, for those who want to apply and sign up for my ministry, Anu Life Global, you can definitely go to anulifeglobal.org and come on through. You can make that move for the new year. For those of you who are ready, who are ready for the scrutiny, who are ready for the strong criticism, who are ready for the strong judgment, and who are ready for um, the practical exercises that we need to properly execute um, the the best thoughts that we have so we can finally be the masters of our own house, the masters of our own vessel, and, you know, express the ownership that we're supposed to have, you know, over our thoughts, the ownership over our bodies, and the ownership over our destinies through better habits and increasing our human capabilities. All right. That's what Anu is doing. You know, so if you're ready for that and you're coming into that place, then yeah, apply, <laughs> you know, um, and you can start to spiritually confront uh, some of your weaknesses and, you know, affix yourself to your, your strengths and be able to make that statement with inside what, where you can honestly say, I will only speak truth or I will be silent. I will only have good habits. I will conduct myself in an honest way. All right. So this is Chief Yuya signing out. Thank you all for tuning in. Please be well. Be loving, man. Be kind. We got some dark times coming. You'll see. So be kind to each other, man, and keep storing up that food. Keep storing up those seeds by land. Keep storing up that ammunition. We're not done yet. We haven't even started. Wash and repeat that procedure. All right. Be well, everyone. Thank you for listening. I just want to remind you all that you can now send questions for the up and coming season of the Chief Yuya podcast to questions at chiefyuya.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at chiefyuya.com. C-H-I-E-F-Y-U-Y-A.com. Also, if you'd like to contribute in any way to our Red Wrap initiative for displaced women, head over to anulifeglobal.org forward slash Red Wrap. That's A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L dot O-R-G forward slash R-E-D-W-R-A-P. If you'd like to join my ministry, Anu Life Global, go to anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L dot O-R-G, and click the join link. You may get sponsored by me or one of our other uh, members. If you find that these podcasts have helped you in any way, please leave a review 
on iTunes. If my books have helped you in any way, please leave a review on Amazon. These podcasts, along with my, my music, can be found on all of the streaming platforms. Thank you, and keep putting the work in.